Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams, and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust, and conscious behavior at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours, to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote work space. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of Conscious Culture, where I have David Abraham on the show. David is one of the owners of Outpost. Outpost is a co-living, co-working space. They have four locations in Southeast Asia. Uh, the Penistanan location in Ubud is one of my favorite places to stay, and I do talk about that a little bit in the show. Um, but yeah, fantastic. He's been doing this and in this space of the kind of digital nomad, remote worker, kind of space um, since 2014, about the same time as me. And we talk through in this show our journey of living that way and then what it's led up to in 2020, where the rest of the world has kind of caught up and understood how we've been living and what's possible for the future, obviously within the framework of a global pandemic, <laughs> which is not was not part of the recipe for the last five or so years. Uh, it's a great conversation. David's a really interesting thinker has an interesting mind and is the author of an amazing book as well, which he talks about a little bit. So yeah, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation. David, hi, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing great, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Good. Are you in Singapore? Exactly. I'm in exactly. Singapore right now. Awesome. So your evening, my morning, great to connect. I think it was about this time of the day that we connected for the first time, which was fairly recently. Um, and it's been great to meet you and get to know you a little bit more. I'm a big fan of Outpost and everything that you guys do there. Um, so thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about Outpost actually and the story of of how it all got started and where it's at. Because it's, you know, you and I have been part of this uh, let's call it a subculture maybe of um, global living, nomadic lifestyle, remote work for a long time. And so I thought it would be an interesting conversation today. So yeah, tell us a little bit about it. The seed for Outpost came from my lifestyle and my, and my business partner's lifestyle. Uh, mm -hmm. Myself, uh, I had uh, worked nomadically. I had managed a, uh, a nonprofit in Uganda. I had worked in a fellowship at uh, Tokyo University and in their government. Uh, and it really started to hit home when I was traveling and writing a book about sustainability. And I was really focusing on uh, our societies and what happens when we switch from a gas powered society to one that's focused on, uh, on, on, on batteries. So as we switch from uh, Toyotas to, to Teslas, if you will, mm -hmm. 
what are the what's the resource needs? And and I was in Brazil and I was in Estonia and Tokyo. And I was working from cafes and I was working from them because it was convenient for me. Um, I could pop into a, to a space and, and get some work done and then go to a meeting and, and then come back and stay at the, at the hotel I was at. And then I was in Tokyo looking around and, and I saw all of these people doing a, having a similar lifestyle than I was. They were 4.30 on a, on, a, on a Thursday afternoon in Tokyo. And, and what were they doing all these people in Tokyo doing at a coffee shop working there. And if they could, what, what year was this roughly? This was 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so uh, why, why do they have to be there? And couldn't they be in this idyllic location? And as I was finishing up my book in 2015, uh, I, went to Bali to, to finish writing the book. And, and I spoke to my friend who, uh, my partner, Brian, who went to the same graduate school I did. And he was in Tokyo and he had been a, a finance nomad since 2005. He was based in uh, Shanghai at the time and we would meet in Tokyo or Shanghai or wherever. But he was always traveling around the region. And he was thinking, why do I have to be based in Shanghai? I could be in a, in a place like, well, Bali. So we opened Outpost with a couple villas and a, and a workspace. And it was a community for, for professionals who could really work from anywhere. And it was a, a side project. And we saw that there was this trend that people were getting away from, from the office. Uh, we believed in, in 2015 that offices were becoming more networks rather than physical spaces. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, we'll see this trend trend continue. And it wasn't until about 2018 we started to take things a little bit more seriously. Uh, we opened up a location in Cambodia. Uh, we expanded. And um, by 2020, we had, uh, four, we had four locations in operations, uh, three in Bali and one in Cambodia. And we saw a future that we, these remote workers were still niche, but it was a growing segment. And then lo and behold, COVID came and this great remote experiment became something that was very, very real. And we saw that COVID brought forward the, the era of the anywhere worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that remote work has this connotation that you're away from something, you're remote. And we felt that that term kind of misses the point. Uh, because there, remote work means, well, office is the place where people should be and you're away from that. And we look at anywhere work is where, well, it's kind of self-explanatory. You can be anywhere. Mm, I love that. I think I need to start using the anywhere work term a little bit more. I'm definitely in the habit of saying remote work just out of out of habit, as I say, out of conditioning, but it's better to say anywhere work. <laughs> exactly. It's like digital nomad. People, mm-hmm. um, digital nomad historically were the folks who coded or, or people who worked in marketing or, or drop shipping. They were very tied to, to, um, to, to something that they could do on their own uh, mm-hmm. with a laptop. And, they, and it, it was brought the connotation that people uh, were really working alone and that they were just focused on, on um, getting things done. And we never liked that term. Yeah, I always resisted the digital nomad label. And I, I don't really know why, but I, it was obviously something where I would, I didn't feel that I was the same as these digital nomad people that I would see because I was running companies with teams and doing professional services in quite like large businesses. And I was like, I don't feel the same as what 
but I, I mean, I was digital and I was nomadic. Um, well, I still am. So yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that one as well. Yeah, it's it, we, we we tried the word new nomad and, and I think nomad maybe maybe sticking more. I mean, every everyone is digital. It's like saying uh, I'm a digital company. Every company mm. is, is digital. So the digital nomad was a bit pejorative. Um, it was it, it sounded isolating and and almost selfish. Uh, and so the term itself is still in use, and it makes. Uh, it, 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 it allows people to grasp what concept you're talking about, but I think that term will go out. I'm not sure that, that nomad itself will stick or or what that may be. Uh, but yes, the digital nomad, the term is also one, I think that is, you know, eventually fade away as well. Um, so we, we serve those types of people, um, who yeah, were anywhere workers. And we were fascinated by those who came to, to Outpost. Um, we had VCs, we had um, uh, an investor in, 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 um, in coconut plantations. We've had uh, English teachers and life coach. We have, one of my favorite was an architect who was an old school architect and he brought his drafting table with them to Bali. Um, wow. So there's, there's a, a wide variety of, of people who come and that was always really fascinating to me, that, that alchemy of, uh, of people who, who wanted to live a life of, of exploration, uh, both themselves and the world. They wanted to connect to others and, and the places they, they visit. Um, and they wanted to grow personally and professionally. And that's mm-hmm. really what the, the mix of people that you find at Outpost. And I think increasingly those values are, are transcending, um, you know, people who are, who are stuck at home. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeking more, uh, connection. And, uh, you know, when I look at towards the future of hospitality, uh, I, I look more towards how their inner people are interacting, um, rather than how, how life is supposed to be seamless. Uh, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I absolutely love your outpost place in Penistan and in Ubud. That's basically my home in Bali. I've been living there for years whenever I spend time in Bali. Um, you know, I've stayed up to a couple of months there. And if anyone looks on my Instagram and sees my Bali photos, it's probably probably taken there um, right by my favorite cafe, Alchemy. And my favorite yoga studio is just across the street and down the laneway. And everything that I love and need is right there. Um, and you know, the first time I discovered that location, I was just enamored with this idea that I could um, stay in a really beautiful room with privacy, with a nice bathroom and all of that. Um, there was a gorgeous work sta- workspace on the roof and there was a communal kitchen and ways for me to meet people. And <clears throat> I think actually it might have been one of my first co-living type experiences, but it's something that I seek out everywhere that I go mostly when I travel because especially if I'm staying more than a night or whatever, because I was I was a 21, 22 year old backpacker who stayed in hostels and loved that experience of meeting people. But certainly at this point, you know, I'm I'm traveling, I need to work most of the time. And I also want to meet people who are similar to me at a similar life stage. Maybe they're hanging around a bit longer. Maybe they're working on something interesting as well. Um, yeah, I'm not 21 anymore. I want privacy. I don't want to <laughs> stay in a dorm room and all that, but I love that experience, that communal experience. You highlight that. And in terms of hospitality, if you just look at the, the service offerings, 
you 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 hit the hostels and they offer they offer cheap um, accommodations and they offer a social atmosphere mm-hmm. and what they really don't offer is privacy. Yeah. Uh, and so when you step up and say, I want to, I want something that's a slightly higher price point that offers me everything a hostel offers in terms of socialness, but you don't have to hear, um, you know, Ashley smoke, uh, Ashley, uh, snoring in, in the evening. <laughs> there is not, there is nothing. And yeah. so this destination co-living is what we call kind of that niche that outpost fits uh, where this, this social hotel, uh, yeah. at the, at, at its core. And obviously we have, uh, we focus on, um, an entrepreneurial, creative and internationally minded community, but there's no other, there, there's nothing between the hostel and if you will, the W or the Marriott, there's, there are very few citizen M tries, or there's certain concepts that try to make it social, but still you're not comfortable like you are in a hostel going up to speak to someone because they're right they're right next to you. And uh, sadly, I I feel we're getting to a point where the only way that people are feel comfortable meeting someone is if they swipe right or they click like before they, they engage. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned Ubud and our place in Penistanan. And uh, too often I read posts in, um, in the digital nomad forums I'm interested in going out for vegetarian food. Does anyone want to go? And and Sarah, you know how within within walking distance of our place in Pakistan, how many vegetarian shops are there? I mean, restaurants are there. Not only vegetarian, it's like raw, vegan, biodynamic, like whatever you yeah. want, you got it. <laughs> yeah, and you can go out and and talk to people um, because oh, they're 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 reading a book that looks interesting, but you're a little bit intimidated. And 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 my hope is that that outpost breaks down those those walls. So Mm -hmm. you see someone in Outpost, they're part of this community, you're part of this community, it's a qualified community, you know who's there, you can go talk to someone. And really, if if, if we can bring that community that's based on proximity back, um, that's, that's something that's very inspiring to me. Well, you're certainly achieving those goals in my experience. Like I absolutely love um, my time staying there with you guys and I'll be back as soon as I can, um, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but before sure. we before we get into that and what's happened this year, I just, you know, I want to reflect on this time period and I totally agree with you that um, this is the future of accommodation. Like it needs to become a bigger sector of accommodation styles, I think. Um, and it's something I've been very interested in for a long time, even from like, how do I find these places as a user of them is really interesting because, you know, there's no real booking website or anything where you can go and find the co-working, co-living or not that I know of. That's one of my business ideas. If anyone wants to do that as a business, like I'm full supporter of that and I'll tell you all my ideas on it, but it, like, it would be amazing to be able to go to a site in a new city and find out where's the co-living, co-working type spaces here that are nice, that fit this kind of criteria that you were talking about, because it's absolutely the type of place that I want to work and live and hang out when I'm somewhere. Um, and you guys are just leading the way. So thank you for doing that for the world because it's amazing. Um, and your, your timing is interesting. I was asking when, when it was that you were in Tokyo and everything, because it was around 2013, 14, that I started thinking about 
this idea of remote work and not having to have all of my team in an office and me being able to travel more. Travel was my number one like life goal. Um, but I loved being an entrepreneur and I was in financial planning and everyone was like, this is such a conservative industry. You know, you have to have a fancy office. And um, in 2014, I started transitioning my company to remote and ended up moving over to the US and spending eight months a year traveling and running one of Australia's premier financial planning businesses all completely remotely. Um, and it was amazing. So it's been a fantastic journey. And here we are, very end of 2020. It's the, uh, what date is it? 20, 28th of December where I am, 29th probably where you are. Um, oh no, it's still the 28th, it's your evening. <laughs> um, and 2020 has, as you mentioned earlier, thrown the entire world into experiencing to some degree what we're talking about. So the part that they have experienced is you can do your job not in an office. Um, as you mentioned, we're all we've all been digital for a long time. Our companies have all essentially been tech companies for a long time, whether they build technology or not. There, everything is online. Like, not actually that much had to convert for people to go and work in their homes. Mostly mindset, <laughs> I would say. The part that has not been experienced this year that I think is really important for everybody to understand is especially when you're considering how you want to move forward is we don't, we didn't used to just stay in our house and work. <laughs> we didn't used to just be in that one room in our house for months on end. We used to be able to be in Bali or Greece or wherever we wanted to be. Or even if we weren't traveling, we were able to go to this cafe, that cafe, co-working spaces, our friends' houses, whatever. This year, depending on where you are in the world, you know, some of us have had more freedom to move around than others. Um, but it's been challenging. And for many people in the world, they can't even leave their country. So traveling to Bali or whatever is absolutely out of the question. So while on the one hand, this is showing everybody a part of our world and a part of what it's all about. Um, and for our business, Grow My Team and Grow Motely, it's a huge opportunity. I think it's a huge opportunity for you guys long-term, but I imagine it's been challenging to some degree because of travel and everything. Like, um, how has that been for you guys? Well, it's 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 definitely been challenging when the when countries don't allow allow people in yeah. <laughs> um, with good reason. It's it's not that um, it, it's not that they want to have self inflicted harm. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like to some of the points that you were really addressing, that we feel that um, that remote work allows anywhere work allows people <laughs> to have greater control over their their life. Um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, that people are, are still able to contribute. I think one of the challenges pre 2018 was the mindset of what remote workers wanted. Uh, and this is not everybody, but this is some for remote work as it's, as it, as the name suggests, as we were talking about before, it's away from the office, mm -hmm. but for many people, remote work translated to, well, I can work where I want to work, when I want to work, how I want to work. The hours, the, yeah. Yeah, the hours. And there is some degree, but there's this balance between freedom and responsibility, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, you still are part of a team. You're still contributing to goals of something else. And yes, there's some flexibility around some of that, but ultimately, um, unless you're working alone and 
you know, you're, you're able to, to, to report to yourself, uh, there is some responsibility. And I think so that, that remote work or anywhere work has really grown up um, mm-hmm. and people aren't talking about uh, the hours or they're trying to figure out how to make it happen within a structure. And for me, I think that's a, a positive evolution uh, and a necessary evolution to, to remote work is that people initially saw uh, those who were in Bali or, or, or in Thailand or Sri Lanka as kind of skipping out. They're skipping mm-hmm. out on all the responsibility, soaking in all of the beaches, and they're, they're living lives for themselves. And obviously, there's some, some truth to that, and they're choosing idyllic locations. But if they're contributing, or the expectation should be that they're contributing to the organization in a positive way, and contributing more than they may have in the office, then it's a it's a win win for all. Yeah, it's so interesting. I a lot of the challenges that I'd faced in my personal relationship dynamics over the last few years were around this mismatched expectations of what my life was, and so I had you know friends where they would tell me they're going to be somewhere and I'd be like, great, I'll come meet you and I'll hang out like for a couple of weeks in Italy or wherever you are. But they were on vacation, whereas I wasn't. And the reason I was able to just jump on the flight and go hang out last minute or even just just say yes was because I, I could just continue to do my work wherever I was. And it had happened to me a number of times where it actually ended up with a little bit of conflict and tension because you know, they would be disappointed with the amount of time that I had to work <laughs> thinking that, you know, they were on vacation. So I was just going to be on vacation. Even my uncle, he lives in the Philippines and I, I usually go out there for a month to, or two every year. And he's always on my case, like, why well, you're always working. And I'm like, well, I can't be here for two months if I'm not working. I can come for like four days. <laughs> what would you <Right>. prefer? <laughs> so exactly. We would say the same things out in Bali. Yeah, but it was it was that it was me seeing myself through other people's eyes and realizing, wow, they really do think I'm on this like perpetual vacation for the last however many years, which is not the case at all. It's 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 something that they it's not that they see you on vacation. It's that it doesn't doesn't everything doesn't come together. So yeah. people come out to Bali and they and they want to meet up with me and which is great. Uh, friends of friends want to see what's going on and. Uh, they'll tell me they'll come at three and then they call it five after three saying, Oh, I'm still running late. It may be three 30 or three 45. And it's, I, sorry, you miss, you missed the window. Um, we, yeah. we had, I had an appointment and just because we're in Bali and you're on vacation <laughs> doesn't mean that my schedule is, and, and there's that, I wait, I don't understand. And so, uh, you know, I, I definitely understand how things get, you know, how, how schedules get affected in developing countries in different ways, but, you know, so be it, it's the time you got the time and you, and you lost it. Um, so (laughs) it's definitely been a funny, funny time for me. My, um, I'm in EO entrepreneurs organization. I was catching up with a group of friends the other day and they said to me, Oh, like, they didn't realize what they didn't realize. And they were like, and I didn't either, but they were like, wow, we really did not know what you were doing the last five years or so. <laughs> like, Now we get it. We get how you can like work from a distance and like with your team and still have a team and still have a culture. And 
you can actually create all of this stuff at a distance. We really did not know what you were doing. And and seeing myself through their eyes, like, wow, it's so funny <laughs> just to reflect on. Yeah, I hit a lot of what I would. Um, I, I didn't mention. So uh, 2016, uh, people, I was working a lot with folks in New York and, and they'd say, when, you know, when can we chat? And I said, well, just any morning, any morning next week works. Yeah. And so I just happened to be only available in the mornings, yeah. but it worked. And I think the real challenge uh, back then, and I think this is where outposts come, places like outposts come in, where coffee shops may not be the same, um, is that the place necessarily conducive to work in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're catered to relaxing lifestyle. So you're in Bali or the Philippines and people are relaxed, things aren't moving, but you're working with New York, you're working with San Francisco, you're working with, you know, you pick the city. I remember sending three, three emails out by around 9.45 in the morning, their time, 9.45 at night, my time. And I got responses by 10, 10 p.m. Within, within, within 10 minutes. And in Bali or Indonesia, where the pace of work is so different, ah, it would have been responsive in the day. So when you're in an environment where people are focused on work, it really helps you uh, to know that, okay, this is my on time. It's not like mm-hmm. you've got to work all of the time, but your on time has got to be on. Yeah. And so that's really what I appreciated uh, when I was, was traveling and working in spaces. So mm-hmm. um, I mentioned, obviously, I did a lot of work from coffee shops, but I also did work from shared offices. And that shared office experience, it kind of, you gotta, there's a current there. There's a, there's a, a movement towards, towards um, you know, getting stuff done. And that helped carry me on in, in, in times when, when writing was tough. Yeah. And I think that's really relevant. I like what you said earlier as well about, you know, this anywhere work has really matured um, in the last couple of years. And I think partly one of the only options for people to be remote workers or anywhere workers was to be a freelancer because most companies didn't offer it. And so those freelancers were in effect managing their own time, their own selves and just client expectations. But ultimately, you know, they were client relationships versus like a boss type of or, or team type of dynamic. Um, whereas now, obviously, we have more and more companies and, and in 2020, 2020, 2020, in 2020, we it's have, been a long year, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. <laughs> 2020, 2020, 2020. Um, obviously, this year, you know, most companies are much more open to the idea now. But to your point, you know, finding that new rhythm as an organization and as a team is really important because you are still accountable to a team. You are still um, responsible to get your work done. You still have to have meetings and things that are like a flow and a rhythm to the organization and and a cadence to how you work. Um, however, there is space for some more freedom and flexibility than what there was in a traditional office setting, which is exciting provided leaders and team members can embrace it. And for leaders, it's sort of letting go of the reins a little bit and trusting that, you know, if this person's really great productive work time is in the evenings, that's okay. You know, provided that the deadline on Friday for the thing is met, which is actually the ultimate outcome that needs to be met by the organization, can we test the waters a bit and see how we let people flow with their own rhythms and their own energy? 
Um, likewise, for people who are for the for the team members, it's like we we have to manage as a team member. You have to manage your own time because if you are and have your own boundaries and understand when you are working and when you're not, I think that's a thing that can happen where time kind of bleeds. And all of a sudden, you're just always working. And one of the things that we talk about in my team is because we're all on different time zones, we're all around the world. And I say, like, I want to be able to fire off stuff to you guys any time of the day. That does not mean you need to respond five minutes later if it's 10 a, if it's 10 p.m. for you, unless you happen to be working and that's your work time. So changing like our dynamic as a team to understand how that communication may or may not flow and moving, as I said, more toward that outcome basis, um, but still ensuring that we're showing up for each other how we need to and then managing ourselves and not getting burnt out and all of that. So it's really, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in there. And we talk also a bit about the trade-off for that freedom is sometimes that some things are inconvenient. Like the weekly team meeting might happen to be in your time zone a really sucky time and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interrupting your dinner or it's at 2 a.m. or whatever, but it's like there's this one hour a week where we all just need to get together and that's our kind of inconvenience that we have in return for some other elements of freedom and flexibility that we never would have had before. And that's how we manage it and we also talk about... um, like I like what you were saying about the culture in different places locally, like the societal culture, and then looking at we have a culture as an organisation that exists separately to the societal culture of where we are living. So we need to understand what that culture is for us, especially in a globally distributed team where we've been raised in different countries with different kind of norms and then understanding what's important to us as a as an organization and then showing up in that way, even though the city we live in or the space we might be spending time in is at a totally different pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so there, interesting. There, there, I mean, there are two, as I look at it, two main challenges that um, that we're that we're facing that are that to me are, are unclear in, in the future. One focuses on how organizations run, and the other focuses on, on, on the properties um, and how organizations run themselves. I mean, what makes a, a great remote company, you can take that and bring that to a, to a, a non-remote company or a physical company. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a remote company takes is greater transparency throughout the organization. Yep. And tr- transparency in, in every way. Um, whether it's decision making, so it doesn't feel like it's it's held in one place, um, it's transparency in also your lifestyle in some degree, um, because we've all become these little voyeurs. Um, with gone are the social cues that we are so used to. When you walk in someone's office, you can see how they how they dress, how they put things, what was important to them by what's on their desk. All those social cues really help us. Um, connect to one another in a human way. And, and, and doing this online is, is forced. So when we look around and we try and see what, you know, what books are on the shelves or any kind of clue into what type of person that is. Uh, and many people aren't necessarily comfortable to say, oh, that's my child in the background. Mm-hmm. But those, those types of human connections um, are what people are starved for when they're trying to relate to someone else. And so 
if you're someone or you're led by a group of people who don't want to share very much, it, the, a remote culture becomes far harder. So I think there are some generational differences that have yet to play out. Uh, remote work has been forced upon people, um, mm -hmm. but there are going to be a whole bunch of people who bring everyone back in. And then there'll be people who say, you can go out. Um, where, where I think the challenge is hybrid. And how do you do that well? Um, because mm. obviously the people who are away from the main office, who are used to being in the main office, may feel like they're missing out because they're, they're, they're not there. Um, so the, I think the, the level of transparency is one issue that's going to be a, a major factor in how, how companies are run, um, if they're going to be remote or how they'll be remote. And second is the, is the property side. Uh, the question is, are we, are we overbuilt? Are we mm -hmm. too large? Are there too many offices? Um, and, and I look at from a, the hospitality side of it, where offices and the buildings themselves are traditionally meet the needs of the company. You're getting as many people as we can in a certain area. We put them together. Sure, there have been new offices that have snack sections. Um, but ultimately, it was to kind of keep people in the office for work hours. And the question is, is how does that evolve in the future? How do, how do offices serve individuals? Meaning, for example, are you going to go to the office in the future with your friends on a Saturday and watch, the, watch, a, watch, a, watch, a, watch a football game? Are you going to get more out of the office than just the office experience because they're kind of sitting there empty? Um, is it a place where you can feel at home well beyond um, the office hours or are they going to still be relegated to that place you go from eight to eight, eight to five? And increasingly, I, if you look at the trajectory from, you know, the, the WeWork and the foosball and, and the beer, there is that trend to, to try and take people to a place where the office is more than just the place to work. Yeah. And the question is, is how far will people push that experience and I think you see co-living in like the case of ours is we're an extension of that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, what shocks me is I, I work out of a, a workspace in Singapore and I'm there at 6.30 p.m. and it's dead. Nobody's there. Mm. But in Bali, surprisingly enough, it's 6.30. It'd be 15, 20 people still working. And, and so people are coming more comfortable, come at different hours and, and, and come in and, and, and hang out at the, at, at, at the, um, at the bar. Uh, you know, there's, there's this more of a, of, of a connection um, to the space. And, and so that's where I, I'm curious as to how do these larger spaces fill out over time and, and what do they, what do they become? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I was just, sort of thinking about my own journey as you were talking. And one of the most important things for me became the space that I was working in, this, the environment that I was in, and very quickly realising that it's not so much that I didn't want to be in an office, it's that I didn't want to be in what I saw as an office, what my experiences of an office were, which were usually pretty drab colour schemes <laughs> They were air-conditioned, and I don't know if it's my Australian roots or not, but I like the fresh air. That was a huge one for me. It was just like to be somewhere where I was in fresh air and not in air conditioning all day. I don't know why, but that's just so critical for me. Like I just have no desire anymore to sit in a tower 
of air conditioning and <laughs> drab colours and cubicles and things like that? Do I have an aversion to working at a desk with people nearby me in a room? No, not necessarily. It's just what does that room look like and what does the space look like and do I have fresh air and do I have, you know, a cafe nearby that I enjoy and places that I can go and people that I can talk with nearby that are it's more fluid and more open and more vibrant. So I absolutely agree with you that... Um, that side of things is going to change. And we are we were starting to see shifts with places like Outpost, the co-working, co-living type thing, and, and co-working full stop, like WeWork and everything like that. Um, so I think that we're really going to see big shifts in that regard. I can see opportunities for like this hybrid cafe work model, which I know there are some of them in the world, but it's not really just a a shared office space. It's not really just a cafe. Maybe there's no co-living, but there's something where you can go and hang out and it's very conducive to work, but it's a much more casual environment. So I think this period of time for me in my life, like learning to or, or experiencing working in places that were much more pleasant to physically be in was one of the big upsides. And I think that's what people are going to start craving into the future. It's, it's, and it's a question of, um, you know, the, we mentioned earlier, the, the overbuilt of uh, overbuilt office areas. Yeah. Um, and the overbuilt space, whether it's malls, um, and you know, I've always visioned malls, they could turn into um, workspaces where instead of you had individual stores selling shoes and, and cookies that you had different office environments uh, for different mm. types of people so that you could, it was a new office park, but it was catering again to the individual rather than the company. Yeah. And, and I know that there are companies that are really concerned that their, their IP uh, issues, um, you know, you don't necessarily want um Ralph Lauren designing their new their new shirt and then someone looking behind them and you know copying the the, the model for 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 Nautica or, or whomever um, but that's already happening and people are already going to coffee <laughs> shops and and working so you know there there've got to be they're going to kind of be ways ways around that and I think a lot of these companies that have huge office parks uh, and they're wonderful campuses to to be on um but are they going to say, you know, we don't need to spend eighty or a hundred thousand dollars a person to keep this office park going? Uh, if we were to ask our employees, well, we've got fifty thousand dollars that we can spend on on you. Would you want to spend on making sure that we have huge grounds for you to walk around at at lunch, or would we invest twenty five thousand in your your education, focusing on um, you know your your area of HR? So the question is how companies are going to decide to spend money for for space um, is something that's going to be addressed over the over the coming years, and that COVID um, or our, our reaction to to the pandemic has opened up that conversation. Mm, for sure. Well, I mean, it's definitely exciting times ahead. I'm super grateful to be living through this whole experience. Um, It's just like a once in a lifetime opportunity. It feels like to live through something that so drastically changes the way that we're living. And then the fact that 
it's directly related to the work that I do is is pretty exciting for sure. It's 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 exciting, and and as as you know, your voice indicates, it's a, a tough time, and a, it's it a real is. real a real tragic time to to be going through. And I'll it's kind of like a um, you know, it, it's one of those things we'll all be happy and to, to reflect upon. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and really, um, you know, be grateful that, that it's over and it, and it does get over and, yeah. um, say, how, how can we learn and, and, and how do we, and how do we grow? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm very compassionate for those who are suffering and, uh, you know, not naive to the fact that my, my bent as a human is toward optimism and positivity and finding the kind of good in every situation, including my own struggles in life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough out there. Um, and at the same time, it's exciting. Some of these opportunities that have existed for a while, we're now being able to step into, and we've just got to walk through, walk through the fire, so to speak, until we get to the liberation that's on the other side, which I I know is coming for humanity, which is exciting. Yeah. And I'll be excited to see more people joining the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, uh, traveling, coming to it to an outpost in Bali, in Cambodia, and and Sri Lanka soon. So, oh man, and I can't know. wait to get back out there. Like I will be on the first <laughs> on the first plane when it's um, appropriate to when do the time so. Is right. and, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, like I've just gone through a whole year of not being in Bali or Cambodia, actually, or anywhere. I've only been in the US for a whole year. Like, wow, I haven't I haven't stayed in the in one country for. 12 months in as I don't even know if I ever have since I was um, not an adult. So very interesting for me. And that's been really cool challenge as well to just sit still and be like, Oh, fascinating how you don't like sitting still that much. <laughs> so I think we all get challenged in different ways during this time, but exactly. um, yeah, I'm super excited to get, get back out to outpost and other amazing locations around the world. And We'll definitely be keeping our community um, updated of travel things, and I'm I'm sure we'll we'll let them know when you guys are um, where your locations are and where they can find you and everything in the show nice. notes. What was your book as well? Actually, I wanted to include that in the show notes. You wrote a book. Oh, uh, it was it's called The Elements of Power. Uh, cool. Yeah, and so. Um, what happens when the world becomes electronified and everyone has a laptop or four and we're using resources in, in ways that we never had before. Because I mean, what's, what's always was fascinating to me was the, the smartphone itself has half the elements known to man in that one little product. And mm. to get all of the little specks of dust and minerals from all over the world into this iPhone or into your Android phone, um, to me was, 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 was more fascinating than all the functions that it could do, that we could, that our supply lines are so uh, nimble to, to get little specks of neodymium from China and, and lithium from, from, from Australia, um, neodymium, uh, dysprosium and neodymium from, uh, from uh, Estonia. Um, mm. it's, it's been fascinating to, to, to understand how the world comes together so that your, the, the color green comes on your screen, for example, or that you've got headphones that are super small but yet very powerful. Mm. So. And then how all of that changes everything. 
how that everything changes the world economically, geopolitically, environmentally. How do we use resources more effectively? How do we, what do we say when we recycle? How do we go about purchasing decisions to be more sustainable? So when I think about things in terms of outpost, uh, one of the um, strategies that we're rolling out this year is is uh, what I would turn what I call our lean green initiative. How do we make decisions uh, to renovate or not renovate so that we're thinking about the longer terms uh, to use less material? Um, mm-hmm. How do we become less intense in, the, in what we use? And so it's uh, it's a challenge. It's something that I look forward to to dedicating more time to. Um, so, and how do, yeah, how do we make a a real impact by choosing directly to do something or choosing not to do something? Mm, That's amazing. Yeah. Fascinating. I love your mind. It's very interesting to explore. I love all the rabbit holes of this stuff. Like there is so much depth to everything in this human experience. It's just like the layers of complexity, um, or, layers of like things that you can look at and be curious about is just never ending. It's very, True. very engaging. <laughs> very All right. So. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining me today. It's been a thank great you, conversation Sarah. about, uh, I mean, I feel like I, I started this podcast, the evolving future of work and we're, we're literally in it. The future has arrived and now we're just figuring out how we maintain it moving forward. Exactly, exactly. Well, I appreciate your including me. That's been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in today to that very interesting conversation with someone who has been at the forefront of remote work, remote lifestyle, anywhere work. I think that's a better term. have to start using that from now on. Um, For the last five years, David was a great guest. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, It is early 2021. We actually record, I'm recording right now, December 28th. However, this show will come out probably next week or the week after. So it'll be early 2021. And if you are thinking about getting more serious about transitioning your entire team to remote, not going back to the office and embracing some of the things that David and I were talking about, we would love to help you at Grow My Team if you do want more hands-on help with that. We essentially plug in as your talent department and help you manage your resourcing, your culture, performance, all of that. If you're just looking to build your team and do all of that recruitment and management yourself, jump on over to growmotely.com, which is pretty much live now. So we are early stages. We are not perfect. Let us know your experiences. We are fast acting and responding to any feedback and developing our technology further so that we can give you the best experience ever. But we are all about enabling companies to live the experience that we've been living over the last six, seven years and bringing that to a streamlined technology solution that can help people find ultimately great culture matches, which we know is what actually creates happy, high-performing teams for the long term. And we're doing that through technology. So check us out, growmotely.com. We would love to have you as part of the community. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I'll see you next time.